title of this episode is When Helping Hurts. It's just going to be a discussion between Josh and I. We are sitting here on the 23rd, a couple of days before Christmas. Yep. Yep. A few days before Christmas, we actually did our last discussion a day before Thanksgiving. Crazy how fast the month has went by. Uh, that discussion was about starting side ventures. So if you haven't checked out that discussion, um, I would. It's a great discussion. Um, and we'll probably have more discussions about that in the future. But when helping hurts, let's yeah. talk about it, Mace. Let's talk about it. I, You know, I, I thought about this all day when when helping hurts. Um, and I think it hurts when the person who you're helping is dependent on the help. So they don't get better. Right. So instead of you continuing to help them and they get better, um, they just continue to just either rely on you or they get worse than what they were before, which is crazy. Right. Right. Dependency. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking if I, uh, somebody who just clicked on this episode and is listening to this discussion when helping hurts, they might, might've also thought like when I'm the one helping somebody, how much it can hurt, how much it can hurt me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, that's not where this stems from. We're going to talk more about what you were just saying there, Josh, but I think there is some value in recognizing that a lot of times when we are in the service of others or we're in a process of trying to help others, especially this season where we want to help, we genuinely want to help others. We're going to get hurt. We're going to get, we're going to have people that turn us down that say no, that we're trying to help and and they're not appreciative of it. They don't say thank you. And uh, that causes trauma in the human spirit. Yeah. And I think we just got to be really careful to not let that taint us. Uh because the reality is, is you and I both know this, but when you're in a giving spirit, mm-hmm. uh, it's one of the best flow states I think a human being can ever be in. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I heard um, a few weeks back, helping people grows your self-image. And I was like, wow, mm-hmm. I never thought, I, I've never heard that before, never thought about it. But that's why we love helping people because it feels so good internally. It's like, wow, I'm adding value to somebody's life. This is amazing. This feels great. Um, but at the same time, it's a piece of vulnerability that you get when it, if it doesn't go um, how you want it to go, um, it can hurt. And uh, it can hurt. And it hurts pretty bad, too, because of that vulnerability that you did lay out there. Um, so I guess what I would love to do is I would love to hear. Um, maybe a story or something that you felt um, or if you had where it's like, wow, that hurt. Obviously no names, nothing like that, but we'd love to hear, wow, this actually hurt me. I, I really thought this was going somewhere. Um, it's probably been multiple times, right? Yeah. I can tell you one of the most painful that I think all of us have probably experienced at some degree is when a family member is hurting and they're denying help. Mm. And uh, for, for Ellie and I, our family, our family, that's a lot of mental health stuff, mm-hmm. um, mental health that leads to alcoholism, drug use, uh, those types of things. And here you are 
in a position where you're trying to help somebody and they don't, they're denying the help. They think they're okay. They don't need it. They're getting critical of you because they think you have it all together. (laughs) Right. Uh, And this has happened time and time again in relationships in my life. And the hard part is if it was just some person on the street, uh, unfortunate, but true, it wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. But I can't, I can't prevent this person from being part of my family. They're part of my family. They're, they're my blood, no matter what. So I have to deal with that and I have to enter into that and I have to be willing to continue to go and um, be enter into that conversation and enter into that relationship, knowing that time and time again, they're going to deny me. They're going to say, no, I don't need the help. Um, And that, that that's just really painful. Man, that is so crazy. Uh, I had the same thing in my family um, where I want to give help um, or even just just a, a, a helping hand of encouragement. Right. Uh, not even necessarily helping them, but just being a, that ear that they can go to and to talk to. Um, and that does hurt when you don't when that isn't received. Um, and I, I haven't been able to understand how to deal with it. Um, it's tough. Obviously you want to continue to help. Cause like you said, it's family and you want to see them do better, especially if you knew how they were before, um, you know, problems started happening. It's like, man, I, I, I've seen you and I know that you're capable of more because I've seen it and I know where you can go. Uh, and it's like, man, what can I do to help? And, and I think, you know, having a helping spirit, um, you're going to get hurt. So how do you deal with that hurt? What's kind of a paradigm shift that you've probably learned mm-hmm. along the way? It's a tough one. <clears throat> I heard this not too long ago, probably two, two years ago. And <clears throat> I think it's a great perspective to have when you're trying to mentor, coach, or help somebody is if they want it this bad, and I'm being visual here because we're on a video, but I have my hand up at my forehead. If they want it this bad, I want it this bad. Now I have my hand at my chin. If they want it this bad, now my hand's above my head, my top hand, and then my bottom hands, I want it this bad at my forehead. So I'm always going to just stay a layer below them in terms of how bad they want it versus I want it for them. The issue we get into, a lot of us, is we want it worse for them than they want it for themselves. Mm -hmm. That's love, right? In In a way, it's love. That's love. Yeah. So as a mentor or a coach, I need to just kind of stay and work myself to stay below that. I need to just be a little layer below that. Now, that's in a mentoring coaching. When it comes to a relationship, like family, siblings, cousins, brothers, whatever. That's about boundaries. Talk more about that. Boundaries. So when people hear boundaries, it's usually a pretty negative connotation. There's a great book. It's called Boundaries. Boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I learned, you know, I learned it through there. But setting expectations and being able to draw a line in the sand if those expectations are not being met and withdrawing from the relationship as a function. So a natural behavior for somebody who is an addict is to Mm -hmm. lie. 
Yeah. Right. And they're not lying um, in, they're not lying to hurt you. They're not lying. They don't even have a, their, their behavior is I'm lying because um, I'm justifying my behavior. Mm-hmm. And so it's not a, it's not a poke at you, but their, their natural tendency is to lie. So a lot of times what addicts will do is they'll, they'll, they'll tell you they're fine. Nothing's yeah. wrong. And then you'll find out later they were doing whatever their addiction is. Right. And they'll end up getting hurt. And, and then you feel responsible for that. So what I, what we've had to learn, my wife helped me through this a lot is I've had to learn how to set expectations and then not allow people. So one of the things that will happen is an addict will get in a low state and then they'll call you. This happened to me and say, Hey, I need to come stay with you. Mm. I'm, I'm not doing well. <clears throat> so they're already in addict mode. They need to come stay with you. One of the boundaries I had to draw was actually tell them, no, that's not the solution. The solution to this issue is for us, you and I, to go in and get help at a mental health institution. Us, us together. Yes. Get you help. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk you there where I'm going to drive up. I'm going to help you get to this place. Your solution mm-hmm. isn't to come hide with me. Mm-hmm. That's a boundary you have to set. It's a mm-hmm. very difficult boundary to set. Mm. because I'm at risk of them going lower and lower and potentially hurting themselves. Right. Because if they, if I tell them and then they're not willing to commit to that, I can't do anything. So now I feel guilty because I didn't take them in. Right. Right. But in actuality, you're really helping them more than what you would be doing by just taking them in for that night or that week temporarily. Yeah. Temporary yeah, fix versus the long-term fix. So you have to have those boundaries and you have to know what the solution actually needs to be, which is for addicts. It's not come stay with me. The, mm-hmm. the solution is you need medication. You need to figure out what's going on. You need counseling. Right. Or right. Whatever the, whatever the issue is or whatever, the, whatever that issue is, what boundary can you figure out? Yeah. Wow. So. That is, that's, 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 that's amazing. So let's, let's talk about, um, this idea of giving gifts. Yep. And in and, and <laughs> Christmas spirit, right? <laughs> but giving gifts in what way? What do you mean by giving gifts in terms of just giving gifts as a whole? Or well, no, let's talk about it when when helping hurts. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it kind of where we started at and kind of where it actually went, right? When helping hurts, somebody becomes dependent on you uh, to come stay with you, right? So they don't fix the problem or they come, uh, they become dependent on um, that $10 a month or whatever the case may be. Right. And so they don't actually get the help that they need for the long term. It's just a short term fix. Right. Exactly. And me and, and to be honest with you, I always thought, hey, I want to help. Hey, charity, whatever the case may be, which is which it has its positives. Right. But when you uh, told me about the story, when you went uh, on vacation, where, where did you go to again? Um, so we went we went down to um, we went down to Mexico, Mexico. Yes. And you told me that story that changed my mind. It blew my mind. Talk about that a little bit about that story. Yeah. So I want to be clear here. <clears throat> I want to be very clear in this discussion because giving money to people in need is not a bad thing. Right. 
Right. It can be a really good thing. The challenge is how is that money being given and at what use is that money being used? So mm. we live we live in one of the best countries in the world for giving. I don't know if mm-hmm. people know this, but we are the most giving country in the world. So don't let anybody ever fool you in terms of the heart of Americans. I, I It made me, brought me almost to tears to hear some of the statistics in terms of how much America is willing to give. Wow. And most people listening to this podcast this season, uh, they've given, I guarantee it. They've given above and beyond what they were expected. They probably built it into their budget. If they're, you know, financing stuff, they're, they're giving, we're giving a giving society. And a lot of times the issue is we give lazily and and maybe that's not a word, but we give lazy. Yeah. And the, the lazy way to give is stuff, toys to people, yeah, to families. Yeah. And um, it's out of the goodness of our heart. We're trying to do it the right way. So here we go. We go on this, Allie and I go on this cruise and first cruise we've ever been on with our family. And we go down to Mexico and there's an opportunity um, to do a, uh, uh, go to a um, orphanage instead mm-hmm. of kind of going on the excursions or whatever to go to an orphanage and uh, you could bring stuff to give to the, these families and to these kids in this orphanage. And the orphanage was from like two-year-olds all the way up to 18-year-olds. And so we drive through all the touristy junk <laughs> and we get to into the, the real stuff of the, of, um, of um, in, you know, in Mexico. And, and we go into this and I'm not going to name specifics just to protect names and things, but we go into this, this orphanage and we drive up and, you know, as we're driving there, it's uncomfortable. And we get in there and we see all these, these homes, kind of these, these little bunk houses. And the woman comes up who, who runs the orphanage. She's very pleasant. And, um, you know, all these kids kind of come out and start looking at us and we all have our bags of stuff we're bringing, right. Right. To, to give away. And, um, so we give all this stuff and, and she give, brings us on a tour and this whole tour was extremely educational. And she was so wise in how she went about this. She said, Hey, listen, my goal in this is to, um, I don't want you to feel bad for these kids. Mm-hmm. She said you shouldn't feel bad for these kids. Um, and she said, in fact, <clears throat> one of the issues with a lot of Americans is, um, they think uh, that these kids have it really bad and they portray that and they kind of give off that vibe. These kids don't have it bad. In fact, these are some of the most blessed kids in this whole city right now. (laughs) And so just some paradigm shifts. And then she brings us into this room. I'll I'll never forget this for the rest of my life. And she opens up this door and there is just, Josh, I'm not kidding you. It looked like Toys R Us or name a toy store. I don't know any other toy stores, <laughs> but yeah. it looked like a, a, a retail, a retail toy store. It looked like you can go Target, Target toy section. Right. Non-Black Friday. I mean, right. <laughs> things were <just laughs> loaded. And so one of the people asked, they said, well, why is all this stuff in here? And she said, well, let me tell you, these kids don't need more. St- they don't need more stuff. Mm. that's not what they need she said these kids need to learn how to become deep or independent not dependent and you know i that statement alone was like what does she mean by that and she said listen 
what happens is if, if we just allow these kids to have all of this stuff that you guys are bringing to them, they think that they deserve it. They become, they expect that on an annual basis. They expect new shoes whenever they want them, you know, every, every time new shoes, new stuff. And she said, so what I've learned how to do to create dependent, um, you know, these kids and help them live on their own and eventually go create and, and work jobs and, you know, feed themselves. She said, I have this, this is the, this is the store. And she said, so depending on their age and depending on what they're capable of, I have them do chores. And as they complete those chores, they earn points. And those points add up at the end of the month, they can come into the store and now they can buy stuff for themselves. Mm. And she said, what I'm doing is I'm protecting their dignity. And dignity, I think, is the key word. Because when I, if I were to walk into a home, I'm a white male, Uh And I have a bag of toys on my shoulder, Uh like I'm Santa Claus. Uh And I walk up to a house tomorrow, or let's say two days. And I walk up to a house in the middle inner city of Chicago or Milwaukee, poverty stricken. And I walk into that home and there's a mom and there's kids. And I give these gifts to these kids. I'm doing, Uh I'm doing what Americans love to do, give. I bet you there's a dad, there's a father figure somewhere, but he's not showing his face. Why isn't he showing his face? He can't. Dignity. Yeah. Dignity. So I think a lot of times when we're trying to help people, we actually hurt them because we take away their dignity. So how do you solve that? That becomes the question. By helping people help themselves. Right. Right. And not only does it help them in a temporary, right? It might be hard on the front end. Most things that are worth keeping and stay for a long time are tough on the front end to develop. But on the back end, it's smooth sailing, right? And it lasts for generations. So helping those kids become independent, they will teach their next generations how to be independent. And that goes on for generations to come. Right. Exactly. Man, when you told me that story, man, it blew my mind. It blew my mind because I had never thought about it like that. I always thought, hey, just giving, um, you know, just giving was the way to do it. But how you give it's so it's it's great to give money, things, but how you give it and, and what is the result of you giving of it? And so that's something that people need to think about this holiday season. Right. As we give, I know in the past I've get I've given the families, my family, we always do um, like, like a secret Santa. And for us, it, it's always been a secret uh, that the, the gifts come. And they don't know who it comes from. It's not us showing up. So in a way, we've tried to kind of hide our you know identity by doing that. And so they just get the gifts. But um, it makes me think, hey, in years to come this year, how can I give and what is the result? of me giving thinking a little bit deeper. Yeah. Thinking a little bit deeper or, or maybe two realms. One, maybe you give to an organization that funds helping young people start businesses or fund, Mm. you know, um, people who are impoverished to uh, learn a skill set. 
Um, Maybe it funds an activity. Maybe it funds um, housing orphans so that they can then be adopted more likely if they're housed in America versus some other country, whatever, right? It funds something that helps that. Or you, me, can go out of our way to create businesses and and use our talents, God-given talents and abilities to step foot into those people's lives and say, hey, I really want to help you. But the way I'm going to help you is we're going to sit down once a week over a cup of coffee or we're going to jump on a whatever and we're going to talk about how to start a business or we're going to talk about um, I'm going to help you get a job. I'm going to help you make, I'm going to pay you to mow my lawn or I'm going to pay you to shovel my driveway if you're in the Midwest. Yeah. Or edit some videos for for the Playing Ninja podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're going to do some videos and pay 20 bucks a video, whatever, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And that's what we're all about is we want to empower people. And so last story, and we'll end with maybe in here, Josh. Go ahead. um, I love stories, man. I love giving people stories to visualize. So keep it coming. So uh, a youth group um, gets together, um, youth group, college youth group. They're all fired up, um, going on a mission trip to go serve um, uh, a little city in, in Mexico. And, um, you know, they get all this, they, they fund all this money. They're going to go and they're going to build because they have, it's an engineering school. So they're going to go build a well mm. uh, for a place that struggles to get water. And uh, they're going to build a well, they're going to put the pump in there and they're going to get water to this place. It's all set up. Everything's set up. 30 grand they have to collect in order to go do this activity. Boom. <clears throat> they show up there. All the people are welcoming them in, you know, Oh my gosh, thanks for coming. All the people, locals excited. They spend two weeks. Boom. They build this. Well, get it going. Water starts coming out. Everyone's cheering. Woo, fired up. They come back. Two years later, same group, different students this time bringing all this money. They're going to go build another well in a different part, similar setting, different part of the village, another well. They fly in there, land. They go to check out the pump. It's broken. Nobody there to fix it. Nobody there to fix it. Wow. So what do they do? Well, they're going to go build this other well, so they fix it up. They fly back. Two years go by. Get this group together, $30,000 are spending, boom. Fly back over there. They're going to go build another pump, build another water well. Guess what happened? Pump's broken again. Tell me, how do you fix that problem? You, you're going to have to teach them how to, how to build it. Exactly. Yeah. You don't give a man a fish. You teach him how to fish. You yeah. know what you do? You take that 30 grand. You bring two people instead of this whole group of people. Mm-hmm. You take that 30 grand. You, you spend a couple grand to get two engineers over there. And you take the village of people who are looking for work and looking for money and need things to do. Yep. And you pay them $29,000 and you or $28,000 and you help a community learn how to build their own pump, fix the pump, develop their own pump. And you've solved the problem. Wow. And so they know how you don't even have to come back there. And you don't have to keep raising 30 grand. Now you spent 90,000 where they can develop that on their own. And you can always go back and say, Hey, how's it going? But fund it, fund the people, pay the people to keep pay, pay the, the people. people, pay the people. Yeah. 
pay the people. Wow, that makes so much more sense. So we don't have all the answers, but I think it's something I'm pretty passionate about. And I yeah. can't wait to travel the world with you. Yeah. And hopefully our community that we're building here um, yeah. and just make a massive impact helping a lot of people. A hundred percent, man. Such a perfect discussion for this time of year. Um, this episode will be coming out on, on, on Christmas Eve. So um, everybody in the giving spirit, I think this this episode, this discussion will be um, super appreciated. So your stories uh, and just just wow, both ends of the spectrum, how helping hurts me and the other person from different angles. So uh, such an amazing discussion, man.